0: Welcome to the Muscle Nerd Podcast, presented by Lifter's League, bringing real science to the strength community. Introducing your host, Gus Cook, Head Powerlifting Coach of Lifter's League, strength athlete, physicist, educator, and entrepreneur. Welcome
1: to the Muscle Nerd Podcast. Uh, This is Gus Cook, Head Powerlifting Coach of Lifter's League. And today we have Braden with us.
0: You guys, are Assistant strength Coach which is
1: League. Leonie is absent today. She's been sick for like a week. Mm. Um, making everything very difficult here. <laughs> okay, so today we're going to talk about, well, we got triggered really. Um, we're going to talk about the, I guess we're titling this as reverse diet hysteria. Yeah. So this conversation started last week and... You got triggered. Yeah,
0: no, I just saw
1: um, someone put on Instagram that
0: reverse dieting is a myth and it shouldn't be done, doesn't need to be done. Um, and it got me thinking. So yeah, I talked to Gus about it and that's how it all started. Okay, um, so what did he say? Basically that post-competition, post-being in a calorie deficit, hmm. you should just go back to whatever you were before,
1: regardless of situation, just jump back up. Okay, so maybe clarify what... Uh, reverse. What is considered reverse dieting by the industry, not by our standards, but by the industry standards, is that it's a a diet that is done in reverse rather than reducing calories over time. You increase calories slowly over time, going slowly back to uh, what people may consider normality. Um, in our eyes, it's it's just the terminology mm. that it may be used, but every single person is different. I guess I believe in some sense that there has to be a level of um, reversing in some sort, a controlled way to get back to some sort of uh, normal lifestyle integration. Um, but this can go into many topics, and I think this is a more more of an argument of definitions rather than um, whether a reverse diet works or does does or doesn't work, or whether it should or shouldn't be done. Um, so, what was the first statement he made?
0: Um basically, well, first you defined define normal. He said, okay go, go back, back to, to normal. eating normal.
1: So I mean normal for anyone could be um, vastly vastly different. I mean, what is normal is a normal normal life, normal training capacity. I mean not everyone or going back to some sort of uh, sustainable lifestyle normal is someone's normal if the person was spending what five, six, seven days a week of training, even up to multiple training sessions come mm-hmm. into a um you know, we use okay we use bodybuilding as using bodybuilding body was examples Let's look at yeah. some powerlifting examples as well um so a bodybuilding example is you are know, someone constantly restricting calories over time and your body will make adaptations which is what causes us to generally continue continue to deficit or or change um Training variables or making people train and, more essentially. Yeah, and the adaptation adaptations change what your normal will be. home yeah, So well. homeostatic responses um, dictate that we that our baseline to maintain our basal metabolic output is reduced, and this is essential for humans to survive. It is a um, an impressive adaptation that human beings have have developed and allows us to live for, live through, you know, back in um, um, Neolithic times, it allowed us to survive through extreme famine and uh, low season of, you know, food and crops. So, I mean, with these adaptations, we end up, our body goes through those exactly the exact same mode. So our baseline becomes very, very low. Um, when we come out of that, that, that that response and it's not just in terms of you know when we talk about metabolism remember metabolism is a, a very vast network of biological responses it's not just this thing broadly that everyone states as metabolism um but understanding how we got down to there can give you an understanding about what adaptations have occurred and now when reversing that if you someone has say is used to being on four thousand calories and ended up on 1500 calories as an extreme example um, and had been restricted for a long enough period of time for, for the body to go into a state or an adaptation where the basal metabolic rate has significantly reduced the body becomes in a way adapted to storing energy and so and it will hold this adaption for a period of time now his other argument was that feed the body what you should feed it, yeah. and then it should go back to normal. Yeah. Well, in some cases, yes, again, this is why the answer to a lot of things is it depends. Yeah. In a lot of cases, in some cases, yes, and most of the general population, yes, but not, but depends again, what you define as, as normal, where do we want someone competing in, in a, back to a high performance sport? We have mm-hmm. people who go from bodybuilding to powerlifting. I have to get their calories in generally quite a high excess to mm-hmm. um, keep up with the training demands. So if in they've gone down to 1,500 calories and I need to get them back up to 4,000 calories, we can't just go straight to 4,000 calories. We could, um, but they could respond They could respond in, in, in fat gain. It may or may not. But then even other adaptations like appetite mm. or, um, um, or even... Um, what's called mineral, mineral balance. Yep. you know, you going from generally what may be considered a, you know, a lower mineral intake to a high mineral intake, which could cause a level of you know, changes in body's chemistry. Mm-hmm. So it's all in gut adaptations. Yep. So, I mean, your gut is used to the foods you have been eating. So there should be a level of reintroduction of yeah. foods. Um, this tripling the amount of food. It's going gonna, gonna to yeah. have some impact. So, I mean, this is a vast... So, basically, everything is... It depends on the individual and the individual's needs and goals. So, my goal, I guess, when I get someone out, is that we're trying to reintroduce them into into a state where they can be more happy. Because generally, after a prep, they're quite beaten down, and we try to quickly remove the things that are beating them up. We, again, start to allow flexibility straight away. So I said... uh, Stuff like this, man right here. So like Milk milk coffee, again. Brain water, milk coffee, cool. You know, things that can um, motivate him. And what we do, generally, week to week, we will definitely 100% make a change, no matter what, to head him to a goal. And his goal was 12 weeks, we'll acclimate him back to a powerlifting powerlifting status, really. And so... Without having reintroducing foods, um, reintroducing calories, and you know, there's a lot of concepts of reverse diet. When people say, "Oh, let's add 10 grams, 10 grams of um, carbs a week," in some cases that works for some people, and some people need it who are highly sensitive to fast, fast changes. People who maybe um, uh, have some sort of hormonal deficiency. Mm-hmm. You know, um, girls with PCOS. Yeah, that that's a that's a big one where they have. Um, uh, insulin, in, a lot of insulin resistance, and a huge bombardment of carbohydrates all of a sudden in is going to wreak havoc on insulin. Then, androgens and estrogen, yeah, you know, they all are linked together, and they will start to wreak havoc chemically throughout the body. And so, there are so many things we have got to control. And what even comes out? We even talked about psychology. Yeah,
0: massively. I think psychology is one of the biggest things about a reverse diet, especially in bodybuilding.
1: So, in bodybuilding. You know, we gener- they generally, again, so they've beaten themselves down. So as soon as they got, we got them something, as soon as they finished the comp, we got them something to look forward to. Now, um, what tends to happen is that, you know, generally actually not with us. Most of our clients are pretty good because we wanted them on the way down. But what you see in the general trend, trend of the population, and in some cases where we've had to go quite extreme with some people, and obviously we try not to, um, is that they uh, want to? They want to stuff their faces. Yeah, mm. they want to um, start eating a bunch of crap food again, and we want to control this on a level so that that doesn't happen. So this is more could come down to psychology, where you know we might not even have the best reverse diet, but did we psychologically get them out of that funk? Yeah, that whole. Mm. Mm. So a reintroduction of food. Generally, what I would do is I would let them have what they want for that night and then we start to customize their diet to their, to their kind of, more to their wants rather than their needs and allow them to start having more and more flexibility every week. Mm. Um, and we try to keep a level of rigidness and slowly reduce the rigidness over time because that will all, inter- them back into uh, their lifestyle. Basically, back in, we want to bring her back to a level of sustainability. Yeah. Um, actually, we're doing this with Leone in a few kind of in a few stages where, um, we're supposed to be spending twelve weeks in a period where we're going to get her as lean as we can, basically, so that over Christmas time she can focus on um, just living a normal life over a three month period to make that her new. Kind of baseline yeah or what we call like a set point yeah um there's no real there's no real formula for what creates a set point um in general um based off what i've researched and listened to and that anecdotally is it's about three months so it's different for everyone but if you can maintain something for up to about three months that's kind of becomes your new yeah your new baseline whether it's weight or or how lean you are, whatever it is, um, and doesn't. It's not the same for everyone. It's different for everyone. So everyone has to have their personal, their personal diet, their personal way of eating. Um, yeah. What was the next bit he said that we were talking about? So he said he first stated that you know get it back to normal. What was the next thing he said? Um, well, you're saying for
0: health is the main reason you do that because the body's craving all the food in the world and stuff. But then one thing that I, was, that I found with a lot of like, I have a lot of friends who do fitness shows, physique shows and stuff, particularly females I've found who post comp when they go back to eating their normal sort of food, they blow out in fat because of these adaptions that were made to, to keep them lean. And once they've gained that fat back, instead of, they get this like post-stage depression and stuff. And instead of being able to then focus on their off-season on growing eating, they're self-conscious straight away. like Because they've just been in the best shape of their lives. Now they're feeling like absolute shit. Mm-hmm. So what do they do? They jump back on the treadmill They start walking.
1: They start under-eating because they want to get lean again or leaner. Again. And the thing is, this should have all started. Your reverse diet start should have started from day one you started the prep. Mm-hmm. You know, I start making them aware of what's going to happen to their body and also making them aware that, that what you attain on stage is not something that is maintainable and sustainable long-term. Yeah. You can be closer You can be closer and closer to that over time, but what you do on stage is an illusion. Mm. Um, you see these extraordinary physiques and you, you have to remember that they're an illusion and, you, and people think that's, oh, this is how they are all the time. It's like, no, every time they take a photo and get on stage and the things that they show is the illusion. Yeah. Um, so we start to do psychological prep so that the reverse is better. Mm. Um, there's always a level of it. No matter what, um, you're they're always going to feel a level of depression. Some pe- most people, not everyone. I was I was fine. I didn't oh, give a crap. Awesome. I, I didn't give a crap. Um, I put on I put on I, I put on fat. I reversed cut kind of like this fifty fifty. Yeah, okay. like fifty muscle, fifty fat. But I didn't give a shit. Um, by the time I got lean, I, by the time I got lean for my bodybuilding comp. I was over it. Before. Yeah. I was over you it. Gets, you feel weak. <laughs> yeah. Being, being strong in. was the thing I wanted and this thing I desired the most mm. over having lumps on my skin. <laughs> um, and I enjoy food. Yeah. Um, it's pretty good. Okay. So back to a level of health and health is defined as many things. So you've mm. got you know, gut health, you've got um, psychological health, you've yeah. got um, all sorts. Your hormonal health. Mm. And these are all things uh, hormonal health is a big one I mean, you're playing with your hormones and if they are taking drugs that plays another big role as well where yep. you know, a combination of uh, taking drugs you're gonna body's gonna create has some level of adaptation to it and when you come off those drugs um, people generally come straight off drugs I don't believe coming straight off these drugs you should periodically reduce it over time so that your body can acclimate to the lower and lower dose and this is the same with drugs across the board i mean think about antidepressants Mm. they have to steadily come up and steadily come back down over a period of yeah a few months or a year speaking of
0: drugs as well like we should say like reverse reverse dieting and reversing that from comp isn't even just food it's the way you train the cardio all that stuff was all a big part of reversing yeah like because those people the second the comp's done they're walking 420 minutes a week like so an hour a day they just stop. Mm-hmm. They're training, they're doing like seven days a week, becomes like three. Like reversing a few, there's a few variables. Like you said- this you is those, this is the thing
1: where, com- if you compare mm-hmm. cardio and, and, and weight training, now weight training has positive adaptations to your basal metabolic rate, where cardio doesn't. Cardio has the effect of reducing your metabolic, um, your basal metabolic output. Um, so the adaptation for that is that, you know, if you're gonna all of a sudden, drop all that work, all that work, it's kind of in a sense, you're in a deficit all of a sudden, you know, because you're you're expending an extra 500 calories or a thousand calories per week. And that's an extra thousand calories that are not as part of the equation of maintaining life. Mm. And so your body, an adaptation to that is that your body will generally store more energy. So it's going to take time for your basal metabolic rate to come up so the way, one of the worst things you do is just dropping or you can't even depending on how much that person did yeah. if a person only did three days a week mm, really I different. can say maybe just do it just do some more walking as you please Yeah. rather than um, putting a defined number to it Yeah. Yeah. if someone's been doing seven days a week which I hate doing with people um, some cases needs to be done um that person has to be on a level reverse, depending how long they've been on. Now think about the three month rule. Mm-hmm. You know, if that person was doing it for more than three months, they're gonna have some severe adaptations. If that person was doing it less than three months, perhaps not. Yeah. Perhaps they could get away with a very accelerated reduction in cardio yeah. and getting back to just doing weight training. So even reverse dieting, I probably what you consider is you know, taking things out and putting foods back in, but maybe also doing things that positively um, that cause positive adaptations to the basal metabolic rate. like yeah. Let's get back into making you strong again. Yeah. Um, so, bring muscle mass that you may have lost back up. Um, get in as strong as possible, so you have the maximum output or performance output, which yeah. is going to have a more positive impact to your um, basal metabolic rate than than just doing more. You know, essentially yeah. just more work. Yeah. Um, so, again, things that are going to influence the metabolic rate. Um, Let's put metabolic rate in quotations because metabolic rate is a vast complex um reactions in the body Mm. um so was there any other so I guess this is more of an this is just an argument of terminologies and and that it's different for everyone I think if you're arguing directly against the whole the, the the fad of reverse dieting to um what is stated by um you see like you see online and Lane Norton's a big part of big this fan yeah of, there's heaps of stuff a big moment. fan of the whole extremely slow reverse dieting yeah I'm not a fan of it but again it's another tool it another tool in the toolbox yeah, yeah I've used I've used 10 grams at a time for people and over time that has made a difference for people who are more highly sensitive but again it's just a tool just like if a 50 macros is a tool some people treat it as a religion I treat it mm. as uh, just another screwdriver um
0: Do you think you can be quite reactive with reverse dieting, like doing your weekly check-in, see how the
1: body's reacted to the previous week of having food? Yeah, and that that just gives you more data. And the same thing where I want to take away that accountability over time as well. Mm. So we are quite rigid for the first month and I'll set a level of expectation. So basically what I do with people is very pre-planned. If I don't give them something to look forward to, they... We'll be forever in this limbo wondering, when am I going to be okay to move forward? Mm. It's like, it doesn't matter because you have to, and you have to accept whatever consequences happen. We're just trying to eliminate um, problematic problems that may occur um, over time by having a slow reintroduction. Like yourself, mm. we have pretty high accountability. Yep. We were just, we were reducing the, the first thing we didn't want to do is huge amounts of cardio. So mm. we try to quickly Reduce that week to week, yeah. And every every four week block, we reduce the training session, yeah. To get you back to something that's more metabolically optimal, yeah. You know, three to four days a week of training, yeah. Um, progressively increase your calories, and you're responding quite well. Added powerlifting training, and the in. more you did, the bigger bigger jumps we made, and put mm-hmm. in all the foods that basically you wanted was so also whilst trying to support your health, yeah. Um, And it's different for everyone. Some people need more flexibility. Some people don't mind. Mm -hmm. Um, But you have to work with reverse dieting. You have to very closely work with the athlete. Yeah. So now we could say, now you yourself, you did a, is there any, I guess, powerlifting examples as well? Um, A really good powerlifting example is with diet. It's not just, it's not a reverse. I guess let's look at diet. So for example, and powerlifting, um I would generally accumulate calories over time to, you know, compensate for the, you know, um, calorie needs, ex- um, calorie needs, recovery needs, um, weight needs as well. You know, for a lot of sports, even such as the strongman, weight itself has an advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, so we end up eating more food that's beyond what is probably considered, um, healthy, uh, being in someone like Bowen is such a massive surplus and we had to, I mean, there was no way that we could, um, uh, do that through just say, you know, quote unquote quality foods. Mm. Um, we end up having put things in like, you know, to get extra carbs in, might like have a bowl of ice cream or, mm. or you know, a carb drink or something that, it gives a bit of a spike in calories even though we're still focusing heavily on as much quality food to keep her and sustain sustain and maintain her health um again this is across the board this is even with myself you know i'm mm-hmm. trying to power down i'm trying to eat as much good foods as i can but then i've got to power down some mass gainers which have you know every calorie i can bloody mm-hmm. think of i can squeeze in there was down from down to you know, a heap of fruits yogurts um oats and then fill up the calories with some ice cream and olive oil yeah. um And i try to put some good quality oil oil in there, so like olive oil or avocado oil or things like that. Things that are going to spike it, but still going to be, you know, a useful, useful calorie, but adjust essentially calories. Um, Now, on your health, that isn't the best. And when we come out, the first thing we do is we actually go into quite a deficit quite quickly, but a deficit to what was sustained at competition. So, um the both the training will come down to a level and the nutrition will also try to match it so we take out basically the junk and put in something put in foods because a lot of times people will start feeling i don't want to eat Mm. Well we still got to eat because you're going to have such a you can have such a vac i've seen it before we can have such an extreme drop in strength and strength and weight that it starts to affect you over the next quite a few months of training which then also leads with psychological I was to psychological say It can also once again link back to mental health again. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so one of the things, uh, one of the, one of the mental health problems with, um, I guess one of the mental problems with an athlete coming into a pelting comp is that they put a lot into this competition, and then you have a level of, mm, I guess, demotivation. They're not as motivated to compete. So. Generally motivation gets higher and higher as you come into comp and in post comp, you know, we've looked at this in periodization that even post comp for a few days after, they're still pretty high on comp and can't wait for the next one. You'll find in that next week that that will start to come down and they couldn't be asked. Now it's not with everyone um, and different scenarios are quite different things. With Sarah, um, yeah, she couldn't think of anything worse than, than doing another comp. So one of the first things we do is that um, bring her food back to healthy, encourage that, that we're aiming just to be healthy again, which gave her again an objective to aim for. So let's just take out all the junk and let's just eat fruits, vegetables, grains, meats. And basically I put a of it in her hands and her training becomes in her hands. So for about a three, we did about a two to, I think it was about two or three or four week transitional phase where she focused on whatever she wanted to do with training with basic guidelines. Then we went back on program. So we started projecting towards what is our target. Now for the first, say eight to 12 weeks, was more just training for fun as a habit. So she had full control over her, her program. I kept in mind that, yes, you are not gonna be as strong, but you need to enjoy training, you need to love for training again. Um, and after say eight or 12 weeks or so, um, yeah, she felt normal about training and getting excited about competing again. Yeah. Now I'm starting to take control back over again. Slowly increasing the frequency, go, putting back into th- putting things back in that I know make her strong. And now she's slowly getting her strength back. It'll come back pretty yeah. quick. So yeah, you can reverse that all all sort of sports, all
0: competitions. Most athletes will need a reverse of some sort after a proper elite competition. So you <laughs> you did a reverse out of a um, bodybuilding comp. Yeah. And the goal for us, we hypothesized that we'd be able to get to... I went down to like 76 kilos from 105 or something, so Mm -hmm. we got super little. And then we had GPC showdown, a powerlifting competition, Mm -hmm. teed up 14 weeks after being on stage. So obviously our main goal was to get me as big as we could, as quick as we could, whilst maintaining a decent body composition because I didn't want to blow out in fat because I know that would have mentally mess with myself a lot <laughs> I've seen it happen to a of my friends and I was like okay
1: cool and you told me like weeks before like be prepared I prepared your I prepared your mind I think I I think I felt like I reminded you nearly every week you did you said
0: the dieting the cardio doesn't it doesn't finish the day of the comp that's the midway point you've done and
1: and after that, the reverse started a long time ago. It yeah. started with the mental preparation. I mm. didn't mention that. Who knows what you would have done? Mm. I mean, you would have had to been aware of reverse dieting, but would you've been ready? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? exactly. Know. Because know. yeah, I was fully prepared. This I knew
0: that the comp wasn't the end. It was halfway through the tunnel. You know mm. what I mean? But then on the way back up as well, like you said, you're allowed to have like yeah one cheat meal a week, and you're allowed to have that bit more flexibility. Mm. That makes it a lot easier than the actual cut itself and because you're coming out of the hole not
1: into it and you're used to you're also used to rigidness and control Mm -hmm. so it's like you don't want to start having these guilty relationships with food where it's like you have one cheat meal and it's like am I allowed another one Mm -hmm. but then to the point where it's like have one have two and then um, then you find the results are okay allow you to snack more and get to a point where it's like you're not so stressed now if you have to if you just felt like one day forgot your lunch and wanted to go out you're not going to fucking ask yourself exactly doesn't. yeah um, whereas during comp you would you would ask yourself yeah. you'd be like I can't eat and this is normal life mm. this is like this is what we're going to consider normal it's like you need a reintroduction back to lifestyles like where food becomes a good relationship with training and performance mm. rather than a fixation on how you look yep. because if you look you know people are starting to say like look at the you know how their self worth I mean, they oh, gained some fat I'm going to cut out all my food it's like well how about how about keep eating as much food as you can and train better Mm. you know and then put the fixation off now now you're slowly putting on some fat you you didn't put on any fat for a while we fluctuated only a few percent and then now it's slowly coming on but your trade-off is still really good it's amazing man like and mentally
0: like it's the transition was perfect in the sense that I was able to maintain that leanness and not get the post-stage depression people always talk about and now my next goal is so close powerlifting comp that I'm fully kind of envisioning that now is mm-hmm. that's my primary focus like cause in the whole 12 weeks they have a
1: great relationship those two sports
0: yeah I've only gained like by in body 2% body fat and by calipers yeah about the same and then muscle mass come right up food's come right up performing well so the
1: average mean across two two types of measurements is only um two percent
0: two percent is basically where and
1: your calories are gone from what to what
0: 25 so we read like so Peak week for comp was 2,500 because we were carbs back in. Mm -hmm. So we redid peak week the week after comp. So 2,500 and we're at 4,300. That was from eight weeks in. So we jumped over the first eight weeks up from 2,500, 4,300. All cardio was gone within the first six weeks. Um, Like you said, training dropped one day every block. So every four-week block, we dropped one day off. So just starting this week, with the 13th week, down to three days of training again, mm-hmm. getting optimal for
1: powerlifting. And then you can even see if the psychological effects going from if I was going six days to three days, we know three days is going to be more optimal for, oh, power, for, power, for power sports. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to going from six to three, it's a, difference so you're like and i remember hearing little challenges like you're we're dropping off dropping off day dropping off a day and it was like this feels weird yeah but you know not as weird if we go from six to three no, but exactly. it's accumulation drop. so that's a bit sure, psychological man. control okay.
0: yeah like you said like i don't if you went from six or three i would have been so like oh shit. <laughs> you know what i mean like i would have been questioning things and but no just doing it that little bit slower but still fast enough to be ready for comp mm-hmm. this pedophile helped us create a new set point for myself because Muscle mass is right up to where it was, without anywhere near the amount of fat. So, mm-hmm. feel good, feel stronger, and overall like happier with my
1: physique now than I was before cutting mm-hmm. influcomp, So, other um, so let's we'll have a quick scan through your blog. So, he's uh, Braden's done a blog about his reverse diet. When will that be up? It's finished now, so we'll get some photos together and chuck it up. Cool. Tomorrow, so we'll put that up. We'll put that up hopefully this afternoon or by next week at the latest. So by the time this is up and ready to go, that, um, um, that box should be ready. So let's start with the, uh, the intro. So where'd you start, where'd you start with? So you talked about, (sighs)
0: um, with the, well, we've already covered what reverse starting is and all that. So you go to the more my experience sort of part, basically just summarizing that. um, did the comp, um, finished that fourteen weeks to get powerlifting ready. Um, the lowest the body weight got was seventy six point three, um at three point six percent on the in body. And what are you now? Uh ninety one point seven. That's pretty impressive. So <clears throat> twelve weeks. Um, so yeah you is actually you made the body recomp goal like an a achievable goal we should be able to make um, to get powerlifting ready again and that was it was almost like a challenge we set it was 90 kilos mm. sub 10 percent because you couldn't predict exactly
1: yeah and i think i set the standard to a point where that is reasonable and also to expect fat gain yeah exactly I mean, You I, mean, have I, think, to. I think you have to expect some sort of level of again you can't stay fucking three percent on stage mm. stage lean all the time it's not possible yeah.
0: and to be honest you don't feel good at three like mm. even i was saying to my friends like even i only started feeling like healthy again yeah after like eight percent Anything below eight still didn't feel good. Like mm. The first couple of weeks I was still dizzy and stuff, just from my like low blood sugars and that, from being so lean, getting so lean. Um, and one thing to take into account though as well, it was easier for me to gain this muscle because it wasn't new muscle. Mm-hmm. I lost a fair bit during the cut that's what happens with yeah. you. Now this is Doing. going to
1: be different for every single person. Exactly. Yeah. And as you experience, but if you want to do comp after comp every every year, every two years for the next 10 15 years, you will have amazing adaptations. I mean, you couldn't even get fat if you wanted to. Mm. And you see, you see, a lot of bodybuilders who kind of retired, running like running, yeah, still lean as hell, lost a lot of size, but still lean as hell. Mm. He has that's basically in some some sort of his baseline.
0: Mm. It's, and, it's, yeah.
1: yeah so I mean this was your first comp so mm. you know and this is pretty good for a first first comp um,
0: yeah no it's really happy with it all um, and yeah like like you said the biggest thing was um, making it achievable so adding food every week slowly getting rid of cardio getting back into a normal lifestyle because after 12 weeks of basically a very very controlled mm-hmm. environment you kind of need to like you say start to get back into normality because mm-hmm. otherwise you get into that um, vicious cycle of and you can see all the time I know lots of people who get really lean they cannot ever grow they don't grow at the same stage every season because they keep trying to compete back to back
1: yeah and then so I guess you can look at consider reverse to a point where you can actually grow muscle yeah and size again you can't always be in a state of comp prep no exactly you need a reverse out of that I mean that's, that's, that's a, there's another whole topic there's is, another whole topic is, there yeah. Um, but even then, reverse to a point where you can actually um, sustain constant growth. Yeah.
0: Um, and th- we should say as well, there was some cases where if your health was at an extreme risk or something was really wrong, sometimes you do need to jump back to a higher amount of calories lot quicker. Like you say, it, it depends. It depends. Um, everything
1: depends. Everything depends. It's the answer to every every question. Mm. It depends. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, that's a good really good podcast. So, um, hope that answers some yeah. burning questions with some people or uh, philosophically look at this differently. Mm. Um, cool. Well, if you guys have any questions, hit hit us up. Uh, hit me up at gus, gus at lifterslee.com.au. Um, yeah, yours is Brayden, B-R-A-Y-D-N, at and shoot us any questions I'm happy to answer yeah. thanks guys thank you for listening to my podcast if you wish to contact me please email me gus gus at musclenerd dot